It's great to be able to be together. Hope you had a good time. Not, not being able to be right on the first Sunday in the new year was probably a blessing for many of us. It was a blessing to me. Um, <laughs> however, uh, this is our first Sunday. And we're going to get an opportunity, aren't we, to be able to connect as we have done with God in our praise and worship. And shortly we're going to be able to come around this table together, all together in one place. The breaking of bread so symbolic and so powerful for each and every one of us. Well, let's just pray, shall we? Pause and pray. In fact, I wonder if you could stand up, if you're able to. Just stand in the presence of the Lord. And just as you stand, open hands, open heart. And let's pray together. Just as we've stepped into this new year, and we're in this moment, God in heaven, we stand in your presence and ask that you would speak to me, speak to our hearts together. Let your word come and go wherever it pleases inside of us that we might know you more. Challenge and change us that we might be more like you, Jesus Christ. If you'd like that to happen, you can say amen. And you could also just, if you haven't already, turn around and just say hello and introduce yourself to somebody, blessed person behind you or at the side. Turn around and say hello. That's good. We get a chance to do that. Please take your seats. I don't know about you whether or not you, you made any New Year's resolutions uh, last year, but surveys and statistics tell us this, that there are four main areas that we're going to exercise, that four main areas that people will make resolutions or even make some life changes later on in the year, and that is going to be um, here, work. And these are the four things. Statistics tell you that you will want to exercise more, eat well, lose weight, or save money. Maybe it's handle your money better. Now, whether it's been this year or during the year, is there anybody who's made that kind of decision in their life? Whether you've been successful or not, please, don't worry. Is there anybody who's made that kind of decision? Let's just see. You're not alone. You made a decision, I'm going to go walking more, or I'm going to eat less, or I'm going to eat more, or I'm going to drink water. Please put your hand up. Let's just own it. Own it. Own the decision you made, not necessarily the results that came. Okay, that's okay. And I'll tell you why. It's because that... The statistics also tell you, and they're your worst friend, that 81% of people who make New Year's resolutions fail by February. Well, there's a great word for us to go into the new year with. You're going you're gonna to fail by February, people. You know, 81% of people. I've done a lot of kind of research, and most of the statistics are, are there. I didn't take the high point. I took the midpoint. So there were some people suggesting that it's even higher, the failure rate. It's dreadful. In and of themselves, making decisions that my life is going to be different isn't a bad thing, is it? It's a good thing if you want to say, I don't want my life to continue the way it is. The way it will change is by me doing something. And the good news is that there are actually some things that can help us. Now, this is a little bit touching. This isn't a personal little pep talk for you to go away and make New Year's resolutions. But we do like the skit guys who come along and with a little bit of humor highlight some things. 
about how we're going to do better this year. So let's Bobby watch Daddy you. The skit guys here with New Year's nuggets for you. When you think of New Year's, you probably think of Brian Seacrest with his highlighted hair, with that disco ball up above him in downtown New York City. Or maybe you think of resolutions. My primary resolution this year is to discover what gluten means. Gluten doesn't have a meaning, it's a protein. My primary hypothesis is that it is a Swedish term which means to expel gas. Gluten. A flieger, flock, and fruit, the furniture. Gluten. All right, the village called, they want you home by six. I think that's doable. Then the first nugget is to make some goals, but make those goals specific and attainable. Or make them unspecific and unattainable. Then, after half-heartedly trying for a couple of weeks, you can just go back to your mediocre life. Why are you telling them that? Why are you saying that to them? We're supposed to be encouraging right now. Yeah, I'm just trying to give them some wisdom. That is not wisdom, that is unwisdom. Proverbs is wisdom, and Proverbs says, the plans of the diligent produces abundance. I don't know about that. I don't have an abundance of anything. And Proverbs wins again. Second nugget, learn from your past and don't be defined by it. God has plan for you. God has a story in mind for you, even with the mistakes you've made. And trust me, I've made some mistakes. I was trying so hard, chilling, relaxing, maxing so cool. Yeah, but you just couldn't get jiggy with it. Hey, hey, buck up, camper. God's mercies are new every morning. Tell that to Facebook. Next nugget, let your yes be yes, which means say yes to everything. I I don't know, I didn't pay attention during rehearsal. All right, that's your problem, that's your problem. I'll say, hey, are you ready? And you'll go, yes! Can you make a resolution to come to rehearsals prepared? Can you do that? Yes. You don't mean a word you're saying right now, do you? No. And that's just it, yes is a powerful word and we say it a lot and we can people please to so many people. But make your yes be yes. Uh, like that marathon you ran, that was a commitment. That was a big, wholehearted yes. Oh, that was, that was a law and order marathon. Uh, okay, well, well, no, no is just as powerful. Have you ever said no and meant it? When you do that, that's like a little bowl of chicken noodle soup for the soul. That's true. Let me show you. No! Crackers for my soup now. Who hurt you? Uh, Pat Needleton gave me a wedgie in fifth grade. Oh, was he like the class bully? No, she was the school librarian. Well, I guess you got your books turned in on time. The Bible says that we should be good stewards of our time, so when you say yes, make it mean something. Our final nugget is, whatever you commit to, honor God with. I mean, the truth is we all have things we need to stick to committing, like, like saying no to chocolate bars <laughs> after 8 p.m. on Wednesdays during Lent. Or it could be even more realistic, and your commitments are to pray more, to spend more time with your family. Figure out a way to connect your life with God and to make Him famous with your life. I'll tell you the commitment I'm going to stick to, and that is I'm going to discover the undefinable meaning of gluten. Not a mystery says the guy who glutens every time he gets nervous. Happy New Year. Is that you? Oh, somebody's gluten-free. They're just practical points to help you and help me, and they, they are true.
Just uh, if you're going to make resolutions, if you're going to make decisions, if we are going to make them in the air, here's something. Make your goal specific and measurable. Don't just say you're going to eat well and, and, and drink better stuff. Tell yourself, well, I'm going to drink three liters of water a day. Or get yourself an app on your phone and be able to turn around, isn't it? And, and say, I'm going to increase the number of steps I take. Or, or, or whatever it happens to be, you've got to say, I'm going to do something specific. That's true, isn't it? Isn't it? The more vague you are, the more we give ourselves license to actually cheat on ourselves and what we want to try to achieve this year. Learn from the past and don't be defined by it, they said. Give yourself a break if you make a mistake. Can you just say that with me? Give yourself a break if you make a mistake. Say it one more time. Give yourself a break if you make a mistake. You're allowed to point at somebody now. I just want you to point somebody and just say, give yourself a break if you make a mistake, Alphonse. Give, tell somebody, if it's your kid, the person next to you, have a little, don't worry, you can tell. Give yourself a break if you make a mistake. The truth of the matter is this, is that that, that is not a license, greasy grace as we call it, to constantly keep on making the same mistake. But we must remember this, that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies, they are new every morning, new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, O God. Great is your faithfulness. That's, that's better than the assembly bangers thing that's been going around, if you see it with Jason Manford. We, many of us who have a generation have that song inside our heads somehow burned that we can bring it at any moment in time. The only problem is we don't bring it to memory often enough. Give yourself a break if you make a mistake. And let's be a people in this year. They say, let your yes be yes. If you're going to do something, let your yes be yes. And sometimes our no be no. No, I will not do that. It's not helping me. We've got to be a people who set some boundaries this year. We're allowing some stuff on social media and on the TV and the stuff we read and we look at and even the people we hang with who are not doing as good with our faith. We need to be those who sharpen up and be around those who act as a, a steel, like in the kitchen, that you rub your knife in order to make it give a sharp edge. And, and they said, so the, there's make your goal specific, learn from the past. Let your yes be yes. Give yourself a break if you make a mistake. Stop being so hard upon yourself. God loves you. He's for you. He's got a plan for you, and it can still take place. Whatever's taken place in your life up to this point. And honor God with your commitments. Are we going to be a people who seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? What's the kingdom of God? It's his rule in my life. Colossians 3 and verse 17 says this, and whatever you do, in word or deed. Do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. When that word hangs over my life, it actually acts as a handbrake to some things and a green light for others. Because I can feel that what I say and what I do and where I go and who I'm with is going to further extend his kingdom rule in my life and my influence in the world that I live in. 
These kind of things that you'll hear about in New Year's resolutions, the problem that we've got with that is that they're very much centered around the solo, the independent, how you get on with your life. But we live in a context where God is speaking to us about the church family and how we live our lives. You can do so, so solo. People achieve amazing things, but God has called us to be together. And we are indeed better together. These, oh, I'm just going to come back a slide. At the back end of, of, of last year, and mid part back end of last year, we did a little task where we tried to think of words that could express. We gave a task, five words that express something about what you would encounter when you come into the church family. Maybe a meeting, a connect group. It could be a fun day. It could be one of those fantastic days out that we go that Mike and Ali so, so ably organized for us. Any encounter with the church. Some answers came from non-Christians, people who just came, who were exploring faith. But, but we collated those words together. So like, it was a bit of a black, white, cat, dog exercise. What were the words, Irene, that come in when, into your brain when, if somebody said, well, what's that community church like? What do you encounter? You didn't hear that, but... But Irene says, happy and joyful. Happy and joyful. What? Now, just have a pause and think, what would be a word that you would maybe, a couple of words that you might use to describe if somebody said, what's it like in there? What are those people like? Just think, what comes to your head right now? The first things. Now, of course, can I just say, if you're a visitor here today and the person at the, in the car park met you and said, you can't park there, move down and the welcomer was talking to somebody else or smoking a cigarette by the door and totally ignored you, and you came down and you've sat here already for an hour thinking, what the heck is happening in my life? You're probably going to have a few negative words, okay? Now, we know that, that there's only smoking allowed on Thursdays. <laughs> it's not like that. But there's some words there that describe. Just, I'd like you just to share with somebody who you didn't come with today, just what would be a word, a couple of words that you would say about what you encounter with the community church? Just do that. Yeah? So turn around. Just don't go walking way over the place. But what would be a word that you might use? You might be zany or wild or crazy, but hey, just have a word. Ray with Mary next to you over there. Ray Conway. Okay, there's a few words flying around the room right now. Okay, just come back together. Just come back together. Hopefully you were able to share a few things there. Hopefully they were what we would view as positive words. But the thing is, with many of us in our life, these, these words that I'm going, just going to show you were, were the summary words of the, of, of the most occurrences of words, but, but the reason we looked at them was this, is that sometimes we forget how far we've come on the journey. We look and something negative happens and it distorts and pollutes everything that's taking place. We get things out of perspective. 
Those of us who have cameras know that if you take a picture and you move with the camera, as there is movement, there is a blurring and a lack of clarity of vision. And we need to sometimes to pause and stop and take that picture and get a true perspective of how and what we are like. Not that we've necessarily made it and we've got it all in the bag and we're sorted because we are going to be a kind of people who want to grow and develop and strengthen our strengths and where there's weaknesses, address those things. But these, these were the words that predominantly, I wonder if any of the words that you had, that there was a place where there was clearly love. There was a place when we gathered in our gatherings where there was a sense of the presence of God. We were worshipping people where there was life. There was prayer. There was giving. Because, boy, we keep on going about on about giving, don't we? No, there's genuine giving. We took 8,500 pounds before Christmas in two offerings so that we could have funds available to help people. We'll be telling you more about how that's going to operate in Life of Church in a couple of weeks' time. Generous, giving people, caring, and, and, and a f- there's faith in this house. There's warmth, generous. It was... A, and one of the, a non-Christian came into church a while ago and just said to me, you know, you just, you do seem to be genuine. As the, as, it's as though you actually like each other. <laughs> I have no idea what church that person had ever been to, but I said, yeah, actually, we do. With, as I just heard John in my ear, go, there are some exceptions. <laughs> actually, I think he was looking around to Mike there, so thanks, John, for that. <clears throat> I'll take that. <laughs> appraising people who have fun there's enthusiasm in the house and there is creativity those were some of the words you might have others and we'd like to hear them you can put them on a piece of paper send them in to me but these are the words that ultimately express who we are as a DNA as a church family and you know what if my life doesn't match some of those or they're totally absent guess what I've got to change no, Dave, if you knew me, even the edges of my mouth turned down. You don't mean that I've got to be one of those people who go around smiling all the time. No, but smile sometimes. Make a choice to look in the mirror in the morning and say, God loves you, Dave. Well, obviously, you don't say Dave because that'd be a bit weird if your name is Esther or something. Let's get this. Let's measure how far we've come and we've grown and that there's life. And these things represent us. And then along with these type of words that you've been sharing and that, that we've collated, we hold up to the light whether or not on our mission and our vision and where we're going as we step into a new season, a new, a new a year for us. Are there prophetic words that God has spoken? In actual fact, we don't line ourselves up with those prophetic words. And we just set them aside. Well, guess what? You know, God can do anything. But I have found this in my own life that the more I line myself up with those words, the more likely it is that it's going to happen. Even Jesus did that, didn't he? He didn't have to get a, a, a colt, an ass, a donkey to walk, go into Jerusalem. He could have walked. I know I'd have chosen that, but he didn't. There were things outside of his control, prophetic words, but there were things that he did. And there are things that we should do. And maybe Jeff comes and reminds us that if you've got a promise of God over your life, They are yes and amen. But do you think it's just going to happen without you doing anything? The reality is, is that we 
join our faith. We believe in our hearts. We don't just be hearers of the word. We become doers of the word. Now, it's the enemy who comes along to steal, kill, and destroy, and he puts yourself down. So can we just do something this year? Stop, stop trash-talking ourselves and stop putting down what we do because it isn't as good as you think it should be. Let's be a part of this family who say, hey, how can I help? You know why? Because we are better together than solo. And the phrase I have in my mind, Bernie, is that we are better together. Better together. Again, rather than just hear it in your head, could you just say those words? We're better together. Can you say to yourself now, I'm better together. I'll explain a bit together with what, because it's obviously part of us. Could you just talk to yourself? See, we're not so good at that. We can so easily be a people who can speak the negative a lot easier than it can be the positive. I'm better together. Now, some of us have a mentality and an attitude that we're, we're more solo and independent. I believe God wants to deal with that. God wants an us, this collective us in this coming year. Right at the beginning in Genesis, um, we find God said, let us, at the point of creation, make mankind in our image. This divine trinity of Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's hovering on the waters. There's Jesus and the Father. And they say, let us make man in our own, in, in, in our own image. And, and that trinity acting perfect harmony in peace constantly. It reflects how we should operate as his people. In peace, in harmony, in unity. They lay down an example whenever we see the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit operating as a model for how we should operate. The same power, the same life that is in us rose Christ from the grave. We are the light of the world. We are the salt in the world. That's what Jesus says. And I'm going to choose to believe what Jesus says. Anybody else in the room? It's okay to put your hand up. Some of us need to get used to doing that a little bit more. We're not at school. We're in a church family. But we need to start being a little bit more responsive in this year. I think the only moment where there was isolation that I can really see is in that terrible, awful, dark moment where Jesus is hanging on the cross and recognizes a separation from the Father who could not tolerate sin in his presence. And whatever the mysteries that surround that, in his isolation away from the Father, there was pain and there was suffering. In his isolation away from the Father, there was this aloneness and he did it all, carried the sin of the world in that moment in time, represented by these symbols that are here on the table, so that we could be part of him, that we could boldly approach, that we together could be his people, sons and daughters of the living king. Not solo little mavericks doing our own thing, off in our own little orbit somewhere, even if it's orbiting the church. It's not good to be alone. It's better together. God in heaven recognizes, doesn't he, in Genesis, that, that he says it is not good for man to be alone. And so what he does, I'll make a helper suitable for him. God identifies a pattern that is throughout history, that it is not good to be alone, that it is better to be together. Doing life in isolation and independence is not the way that 2023 should be for any of us. 
In the Old Testament, one of my favorite books and stories, and, and a heroine, I guess it is, is what we read about in the book of Ruth. And there, Ruth and her mother-in-law. Here's Naomi, here's Ruth. The mother-in-law is lost, spent, nothing to give. She has is, she is encountered death and destruction within her family, and she gets to the point where she pushes her daughter-in-law away and says, Ruth, go away because there is nothing. There's nothing for you with me. You need to go back and go away. And she turns around, Ruth, and says some inspiring words about why it is better to be together. Don't urge me, she says to her mother-in-law. Do not urge me to leave you or turn back from following you. For where you go, I will go. Where you live, I will live. Your God will be my God. And in that moment in time of choosing to be together rather than separate, there was something of a power that was unleashed. And there is a story of faith and fruitfulness a destiny that opened up as a result of choosing to be together. It's a wonderful story with difficulties, yes. I love that story. We're better together. If you go on your own, you can end up becoming like an Elijah who was a voice and a prophet to a nation. In fact, the New Testament tells us Elijah was a man just like us. To be honest, at that point, I have to nearly vary from Scripture because I look and think, he was a prophet to the nation. He spoke to kings and queens. He, he conducted miracles. His prayer life was amazing. He had an intimacy with God beyond anything. And yet, Scripture says he was a man just like me, just like you. And in isolation, he found a vulnerability, a distortion of reality, thinking he was the only voice speaking for God. And God comes in, and doesn't he? And he, and he speaks to him. And he's not going to kill him. He's not going to take his life. But he speaks to him and says there's something different. And he brings alongside him the young Elisha, who's going to be his successor as a prophet to the nation. But together, and in a moment in time, Elijah tries to push him away. And in a Ruthesque type of words, Elisha turns around and he just says the same words. He says that it carries the same heart. As surely as the Lord lives, as you live, I will never leave you. Have we got that kind of conviction in our own hearts about this as a church family and the family of God? Where we go, where you go, I'm going to go, David. This is it. We're together. We're, we're joined and harnessed in life. That's it. Andy, Jane. I'm going nowhere. I'm not walking off into the sunset. I'm going to be together. Why? Because God says this year we are better together than isolated and lonely. They were just putting into practice the, whether it was Ruth or whether it was Elisha, what we find in Proverbs as iron sharpens, as iron sharpens iron, so one sharpens another. Jonathan comes alongside King, uh, not King at the time, but comes alongside David being pursued by his very own father. In isolation, in loneliness. Now, David encouraged himself in God, but it says, Jonathan encouraged David in God. Some of us need to be Jonathans to people. This year, we're going to be the ones who our hands, our voice, our heart is going to come alongside, and we're going to bring encouragement and strength by our very words, because it's better to be together. John is in prison, John the Baptist, and he has seen and encountered Jesus personally, eye to eye, and yet he wonders, are you the Messiah, or do we need to look to another? And Jesus himself sends his disciples back with news of all of the signs and wonders that he was doing, so that in John's heart, 
with what he was going to face, which was death and execution. He could, with courage, go through that phase of his life because he knew there was this togetherness with Jesus. Ecclesiastes 4.9 says these words to us. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who finds that they have no one to help them up. We were never designed to be separate. And the truth is this, that our walk of faith, whether it's through uh, triumphant times or tough times, in all of those things, this year, we are better together. That is the truth. So what are we going to do with this? I went into Hebrews, and I, I read the writer to the Hebrews who gave four things. And before we break bread, I want to share them briefly. It comes from Hebrews 10, 21 to 25. You might want to follow it on the screen. But in these four things, in these four verses, there's stuff for us. Since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him, for our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. I'm just going to pause there for just a moment. It highlighted earlier on, it brought with Jeff's exhortation and encouragement from God. If there is a promise of your life, as you approach the table in a few moments, remind yourself that God is faithful to the promise he's made to you. God always keeps his promises. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us, let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people have been doing. But encourage one another, especially now that the day of return is drawing near. My apologies, I didn't flick on. shows how long I've been doing it. Let me just recap then. Let us. Let this be a year where us, together, press into the presence of God. Yes, with sincere hearts. Our present and our future must involve this, that we, together, let us press into his presence. This year should not be where we uh, are, it's void of experiencing Jesus, whether we're in the car driving to work, or whether we're in our family setting, our home setting, or whether we're gathering together. It should be a year that is filled with an increasing measure of his presence. And the choice is this, that we can say, let us, the writer to the Hebrews says, not just one or two, not just the special, the chosen, the keen, the enthusiastic, Wherever we are, let us be those who press into the presence of God. And if distance or separation from God's family, from his presence and being together, if that has been of a choice of our own, this is a year to change. This is the moment to change. If it's been our choice. Sometimes circumstances prevent that. We think of some of the people like, can I mention Carol Vaughan, who, whose circumstances mean it's impossible. We're glad for technology which helps. But as far as it is possible, let us press into the presence of God. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope that God's given. For God can be trusted. Let's go into this new year together, us together, holding firmly on to him. 
And where people have disappointed and frustrated, where people have, have broken promise, where there's been fractured relationship, where there's been hurt, betrayal, where those things take place, it's incumbent upon you and me to find a place in our hearts of forgiveness so that there can be restoration and healing and that it doesn't damage our walk together or our relationship with God. Don't allow the enemy a foothold. Let's be a people that as, as, we, as we come to him and hold on to the hope he has, don't allow the things out there to evaporate the hope that we have as God's people. Let's hold tightly, for we are a people who are better together. Let us think of ways to motivate one another. Now, now in many scriptures, it says, let us think of ways to encourage one another. I love the us part of these verses. Let us. It's not just a solo activity. Get with somebody to say, how can I bless? How can I help? What can I do? There's a new initiative starting this coming Friday. Warm and welcome spaces. It's going to be where people between 10 and 1 on a Friday can come. There's a group of people who got together and said, we could do something. And we're going to open up. We're going to heat the room. There's going to be crumpets and toast and tea. There'll be the TV. There'll be a comfortable place where if you can't afford to heat your own home, you can come in here. And we're joining with the other churches around the area, trying to create spaces every day available for people. A team of people coming together is so much better than somebody carrying the weight on their shoulders on their own. And this year, maybe you've just got to step up and we've got to be a people who step into saying, what can I do to help? These are the talents I bring. And every single one of us has talents and abilities. Every single one of us. You just tell yourself, I've got some talent. Just talk to yourself right now. Just put your hand to your chest, pointing so you make sure you know where these words are going. And I'd like your ears to hear the words in your mind and the words from your mouth. I've got some talent. Can you, can you tell yourself that? I know that because God tells me that. God tells me that what his people are like. And they're talented people. We're always better together. There's a creative synergy that comes when we're together. Harry and I and, 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 and many others, we're, we're going to be getting together about God's word and I know there'll be creativity. When there's a family fun day, there's creativity as we come together. All of the things that we do is better together. This year, we're going to be better together. And nothing demonstrates being together better than when we come and we gather around this table. I believe that God is saying to some people, you need to stop neglecting me. And it's not just about Sunday mornings. It's not that our life is revolving around meetings, meetings, meetings. But there are some meetings and encounters we need to prioritize more. Whether it's Connect Group, whether it's this, this coming Wednesday where we're going to call on God for the year and for those who are unsaved, we're going to press into his presence and collectively do what you can to be with us on the journey of faith in 2023. It is so important. The physicality of the room today centers around this table. The, the bread and the wine representing the body that was broken and the blood that was shed so that we could be the us who were going to do some stuff. We could be better together because we have access to this, this, these very symbols that are here right now. Today can be a fresh start for every single one of us as we go into the new year. I know this, that in all the days and the weeks ahead, remember, we are always better together.
when the voice of the enemy comes and says, ah, it's cold, it's dark, it's wet, it's inconvenient. Whether it's a meeting or whether it's going and finding a cup of coffee and finding friendship and being a Jonathan or being a Ruth. Go and be those people to others this year. And we will be staggered about what God can do through us collectively. We genuinely can come at the end of a a year, which happens to work for us, and look back with eyes filled with wonder, stirred in faith, that God has done something not just ordinary, but exceptional. Because we're better together. God does not want us to be isolated. So, what are we going to do now? Musicians, just come back up, please, will you? If around this table we've done something which we know is our way and not his way, let's call it sin. Sin separates us from God. We know this, that the Bible says we don't have to go and do some Protestant purgatory. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we have done something which just doesn't please God, which saddens the Holy Spirit, in your moment in time and moment in reflection, that can be resolved. If it is that you're in the room and you don't know Jesus, the great news is always that if we declare with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. You can come to this table this day, into the new year, knowing that he who is out there has become the God who lives in here. And Jesus is alive. He's our forgiver. He's our healer. He's our Lord. He's our Savior. We don't have to wait and wait and put off the day. Today's the day where we can say, I want to be better together with this group of people. I want to be better together with the Lord and this company, this family, with all of the words that were described before that I feel that maybe I'm poor in. Guess what? Somebody else is great in it. People in this church way more generous than me, but I'm going to be inspired by their generosity. People in this church way more caring and compassionate than me but I'm going to be stirred by them. Not so that I can imitate them, but that I can be them. But I'll never do it in my own strength. Together, we are better. And we come to this table right now where we're going to say, Jesus, thank you for this amazing life. And I give myself wholeheartedly, unreservedly to you. Now, if our stewards could just take off the cloth there. We know that it's a body that was broken for us. It's already pre-broken just to help us, especially that we can approach this table and there is bread to be had and there's a, a cup to be taken. And we just like, as we continue worshiping, for you to be able to come to the table, take cup, take bread for yourself. We're not asking you to take it and share it with other people um, just because of hands and hygiene. At this point, this is how we're operating, yeah? But in this moment, As we worship, you may or may not sing in worship. You can find your way to the table and get it. You might go back to a space where you aren't currently sat. But whether you do or you don't, let's take the bread and wine when we get back. Don't take it there, please, because otherwise there'll be too many people closely gathering. And if you want to come to the table and take it, then go back. And we'd like you to be able to do this. Once you've taken it and you just say, God, Thank you that I can be together with you and together with this people. Thank you for the sacrifice that you made. Once you've done that, you can...
put your cup down on the chair and, and look to just pray the blessing of God on the person who's near you, if they're happy for that. Pray God's blessing. And who knows, there could be words in the house. If you, uh, if you are ill in this house, if you're facing things, elders, people who pray, be just over in this area to my left and your right. And we'll stand with you and pray. We could anoint you with oil if that's what you want. But that we'll worship, we'll be praying for each other. There might be a few things. We're not all just going to stand and sing. Just, we will stand in this moment in time. Though. Let's stand up together, shall we? Let's just stand as a starting place. And do the beautiful thing that you can worship on your own. But in the, the psalmist says in Psalm 95 and verse 6, Come, let us worship and bow down and kneel before the Lord our God, our maker. He is our God. So let us just do this together as a family at the beginning of the year. Look to honor God with our very bodies and pray God's blessing upon each other as we worship the King. Can we do that? And don't be shy and don't be retiring. But Ali, what are we going to worship Jesus with? Oh, I love that. love that hymn. We're going to sing Amazing Grace. And then just make your way in your own time right now. <laughs>